Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. From early in November to the last week of December, I got money matters weighing me down. Well, the music may be merry, but it's only temporary. I know Santa Claus is coming to town. In the days I work my day job, in the nights I work my night, but it all comes down to working man's pay. Proposed Ordinance Number 24-23, an ordinance creating Section 11-4-4, Section 11-4-5, and Section 11-4-6 of the Code of the City of Pensacola, Florida, dangerous use of public rights of way, providing for severability, repealing clause, and providing an effective date. So, big city council meeting right before I went on vacation. Hadn't had time to cover it. Lots of stuff in that city council meeting. Talked about building height caps, and uh, I thought that's a very interesting tweak to the current ordinances. Uh, And then the things that I thought would have lots of conversation just kind of went on by. Like, (laughs) it was so wild. Um, It was a weird city council meeting. And they get to, maybe I mean, maybe people didn't know it was on the agenda. Maybe people didn't care. Maybe people were just, it was too late. They didn't want to go at, you know, 8 o'clock by the time they got to the stuff but um it wasn't that long they, they did the panhandling and sorry the public safety ordinance <laughs> look we all know it's a it's a panhandling ordinance we all know that's what it does um it regulates people who from standing in the the side of the road in the city in the side of the road or in the median from interacting with the cars because that interferes with traffic uh at least that's the argument it's an effort to do something to basically cut down on panhandling I support it. I support the county ordinance, which is a little bit different. The county one just says you can't stand in a median smaller than six feet. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do specifically with the interaction with the traffic. I think the city one's a little bit better because it kind of does both. You can't wait in between the lanes of traffic while, without trying to cross clearly. So it like, gives you two chances to cross, and if you don't cross, you're in trouble. Uh, it's a pretty hefty fine. It's like $500 or six months in jail maximum. Um, I think the county one is similar. I think they're both on the same page in terms of the actual punishment. But um, you're not going to have public officials come out and call it a panhandling ordinance because that would make it seem like it's targeted towards a specific behavior, which could be defended on the basis of, for example, an appeal to the First Amendment. So instead, it's going to be categorized as a public safety ordinance, which will have an effect on panhandling and other things as well. And in fact, I think the ordinance, I just read it last night again, it says something to the effect of prohibits these kinds of behaviors, but is not specifically limited only to these kinds of behaviors, I think is in the language it's in there. And um, yeah, it's it's meant to restrict people from engaging with the cars. Now, interesting sort of minor notes about this ordinance. One is that um, it is only for the panhandler or person, any person, you know, who's trying to, I don't know, sell your microwave at the, the, the curb. I mean, you know, you can't do that either. Um but it doesn't deal with the person driving the car. And I thought Jen Brayer, City Councilman Jen Brayer, brought this up. And I thought this was a good point to bring up is, you know, what if we could regulate the drivers? Like, the drivers are at least half the problem. I mean, sure, it's the people asking, but it's also the people giving. And if people won't stop giving on their own, then maybe we can make that a moving violation or something of the sort. It's the same question I had on Monday. Is a consideration that if someone is, if the per- the one doing the crime, in essence, is the one driving and stopping to sell something out of their car or something. Can they be held liable as the from the other side? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And she had raised it in the agenda conference, and she was raising it again here, which is, we're only doing something on the panhandler side. What about the person who's in the car? There was something similar that was attempted years ago, this similar 
kind of ordinance and and the research had been done that a lot of this slowing down sometimes is maybe a drug dealer who's slowing down to quickly sell something out of the car and so or could they be then held liable as the one creating this danger zone of people coming out to their car that kind of idea yeah no which is a very good question because the the ordinance does not contemplate that but i thought man yeah you know look if if the transaction so to speak is the problem and the transaction is impeding traffic which is another issue maybe because typically the person panhandling isn't doing it when the traffic is moving they're typically doing it when the traffic is a standstill which i think may turn out to be an enforcement issue potentially for this particular ordinance though i support it and though i despise panhandling okay let's be clear um the ordinance typically panhandling doesn't happen when the cars are moving it can okay it might um, but it doesn't typically. So I'm not sure about the appeal to public safety in all of this. But still, that's the way it's being couched, and I don't disagree that it's a good effort to try. But there was another reason why we don't target the driver. So most of the issues regarding drivers being held responsible is preempted to the state, and there already exist, exist state statutes that PPD and law enforcement agencies are able to enforce already anyway. Thank like you. stopping and obstructing. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. So if you're if you're you know impeding traffic in the car because you're stopped in a roadway when the light is green, for example, that's already an infraction. And moving violations are state matters, not local matters. You don't want each municipality creating its own series of driving codes. <laughs> that would be kind of chaotic. So this is one place where maybe a little bit of preemption actually makes sense. This was the. Um, Sort of the acting uh, attorney for the evening from Beggs and Lane. I, did, I didn't catch her name. I apologize. So that passed 7 to 0. It's going to have a second reading. I was surprised. Nobody asked any questions. Other than that one, which wasn't a challenge. It was just a, hey, could we also do this? The other thing that came up was the red light cameras. And um, we'll talk about that in just a moment. But also, no questions. Like, the only question was Casey Jones asking on behalf of constituents. And it was not really a serious question to begin with. I mean, serious that they wanted to know, but not really that much of a challenge to the ordinance. We'll get to that in a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Well, I-10 eastbound just before Avalon Boulevard headed toward Pace and Milton. There's some debris reported in the roadway there. So if you're headed down I-10 eastbound, uh, just about to hit Avalon Boulevard, just be uh, just be aware of that. Highway 98 eastbound and westbound through Gulf Breeze and Navarre all the way up to Windhaven, And then on the other side, all the way up to James uh, Chappy James Bridge, you're looking clear there. Highway 90 out of Milton and Pace uh, going westbound, you're looking good all the way to Scenic there. Uh, Highway 29 south through Cantonment, no delays to speak of. Chase Street, Gre- uh, Gregory Street, Garden Street looking good, and no slowdowns on Cervantes. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let us know. 437-1620 is our traffic tip line. You're listening to, new- to News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I haven't had my coffee. No, you're good. It's, it's all good. By the way, good to, ha- good to be back with you. Oh, uh, yes. Definitely good to have you back in the <laughs> driver's Thank seat you. and uh not have to worry so much about production things uh, it's 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 more work it is you know, so it much is more, work. more work for jake uh just like when you go on vacation it'll be more work for andrew but it'll be all right mm. we'll, we'll adapt yeah you could do the show from sitting right here dude you don't need, <laughs> you don't need me here i do i do i really really do David, um, traffic. so one of the somewhat new advertisers it's been a couple of months now but um we have an advertiser called uh, pro health florida very interesting place they provide health care locally and you say, okay, is it a doctor's office? Yeah. Is it a hospital? Eh, not exactly. Is it a urgent care? Yeah, can be. I mean, primary care? Yeah. Urgent care? Yeah. Walk-in? Yeah. All of that. Locally owned, female owned, 35 years, uh, seven locations, uh, Santa Rosa Beach, Milton, Crestview, Fort Walton, Pensacola on Summit, Pensacola on College, and Gulf Breeze by the Whataburger uh, across from Andrews. And yeah, urgent care or walk-in, eight to four, Monday through Friday. 
Eight to one on Saturdays at the location next to Sam's Club. And this is a place to get kind of all your healthcare needs met. What, lab work, occupational health screenings, you need to see a doctor, you know, something bad happened, you need urgent care, all of that. And they have a medical membership plan. And this is kind of like you might not have insurance because it's too expensive or for whatever reason. But with them, you can do uh, with their medical membership plan for $45 a month. That gets you unlimited primary care visits, no copay. You get teledoc services 24-7, physical, flu shot, all that kind of stuff. So instead of insurance, but also some people do it in addition to insurance because the way your deductible might be structured or the way that you know office visits are structured, you'd just rather have it taken care of for $45 a month. So some people, about a third of the people who do this, do it in addition to insurance. Either way you want to do it, find out more online at ProHealthFL.com or just stop by any one of the seven locations. Here's today's Strength for Life with your host, Pastor James C. Johnson. God answers our prayers one of three ways. Yes, wait, or no. When God says yes, we rejoice. When God says wait, we learn patience. When God says no, we are reminded that He is God because if God couldn't say no, then He wouldn't be God, we would be. As our loving Father, He says no to His children and we submit to His will. As our King, He says no and we bow our knee. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul asks God three times to remove a thorn in the flesh and essentially, God says, no. But God told Paul, I will give you grace to handle your trial. Sometimes God says no to our request, but then he says yes to sufficient grace to help in the time of need. That was James C. Johnson. He serves as the pastor of North Stone Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. For more Strength for Life, please visit our website, strengthforlife.church. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. Keep your eyes focused on the Pensacola Beach skies for the New Year's Eve fireworks all along the boardwalk. The skies over Santa Rosa Sound light up and ring in 2024 at midnight. Presented by the Santa Rosa Island Authority and the Escambia County Tourist Development Council. See PensacolaBeachChamber.com for more information. Happy New Year from News Radio 923 AM 1620. Find more events and submit yours at NewsRadio923.com. The Dave Ramsey Show, weeknights 7 to 10, before WEAR TV News on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Look, Charlie, let's face it. We all know that Christmas is a big commercial racket. It's run by a big Eastern syndicate, you know. Well, this is one play that's not going to be commercial. We watch the children. For the record, I um, had a couple people concerned that for some reason we may shorten yellow lights, and I just wanted on the record that whether that would happen or not. Uh, we have not had, uh, uh, if Chief come up here and correct me if I'm wrong about this, uh, uh, we have not had any conversations uh, about that. Yeah, that's one of those questions where you, you know it's not really 
going to happen, and you know it's kind of a silly question that people would have. But still, you got to ask it, because if they ask you, you got to ask Casey Jones, city council president, asking the mayor about whether the red light enforcement cameras are also going to inv- involve a shortening of the yellow lights, you know, to get more people, get more tickets, because it's all about making the money. It's not about making the money. Um, it's about deterring people from red light running. And I was, again, I was just very surprised. By the way, Smashing Pumpkins, in case you were wondering. And yeah, <laughs> you don't think of them as your traditional Christmas band. But remember what I said? That's almost a couple of weeks ago, I think I mentioned the concept that to me, every rock band, every musician, rock and roll or whatever, was originally intended by God to be like the best worship leaders. And they're just kind of missing that target. That's all. But think about it if they were worship leaders, you know, all these skills. Anyway, back to the red light issue. Um, we had red light cameras in the panhandling thing and like nobody cared. I mean, that was the only question. And, you know, the mayor said no, and the chief said no. Good evening, council president and council members and mayor. Um, there will be no shortening of any any yellow lights okay. during this process. Yeah, I mean, it's simple. It's, no, that's not going to happen. Why would they do that? Um, I hate red light cameras, but I like the effect they have. I mean, you know, I hate having to have a lock on my door. But I like people not being able to steal my stuff, because apparently they will if I didn't. You know, I mean, I hate carrying a gun around wherever I go. But I like the feeling that if something happened, I'd be in a better position to stop it or defend myself and my family. You know, I like there's all kinds of things in life that you might hate the thing, but like the value that the th- I mean, you know, I hate getting up at four o'clock every morning. I hate getting up at four. <laughs> Jake, can I get an amen? Amen, brother. <laughs> David, can I get an amen? Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, but but you see, we like. The whole, like, having, you know, a roof and clothes and food and gasoline and, you know, buying gifts for honeys, right? Like, that's – so there are all kinds of things in life you may not like the thing, but you might like the value of the thing that that – and same thing, red light cameras suck. They do. But I feel safer driving in Gulf Breeze than on Ninth Avenue. Don't you? Why? Because at least you know ain't nobody running the red lights. That's it. And by the way, red light cameras came about because of a hit and run. That's where they came from originally because the idea was, you know, at least if you have red light cameras and somebody hit, hits and runs with a red light, you'll be able to find the person, punish them, right? You know, that's kind of the idea. And now you got these two nitwits from South Florida. They're trying to ban them in the state because it's always somebody's always trying to ban red light cameras. Anyway, so the only question that came up was the yellow lights. That's not going to happen. There is going to be a human between the camera and you. So somebody from PPD is going to review the infraction and make sure that it's not a silly one. And uh, that passed 7 to 0. Um, so, I mean, that this, this is really, really simple. I'm frankly, I, I try to understand everybody. I'm baffled by the people that think this is somehow a bad idea. Now, if you think it is, feel free to text me your reasoning, like why this is a bad idea. But to me, this is a zero downside situation. This will make us a safer city. It will change life in Pensacola. It will in a good way. You'll have to go slower. You won't be able to run red lights. <laughs> you know, you won't be able to know you can get away with it. And we'll it'll we'll drive a little bit more like Gulf Breeze. Good. I mean, period. Pedestrians, bicyclists, and left turners and people going at the green light will be safer because of this. Will it solve everything? No, nothing can. Will it improve? Yes. Good plans do. 725 on News Radio 923. Jake's got traffic on the fives. We're looking great. I caught you mid-chew. What, do you, what yeah, you got over there? I got some granola. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking to myself, I was like, is there, a, is there a name for the anxiety produced from 
approaching a red light thinking, well, there's a red light camera. If this turns yellow, oh, my God, what, what's going to happen? Is there is there a name for that anxiety? I'm I sure there is. And yes. we'll make a submission to the creative yes. naming agency to see if we can figure out what exactly. that is. Exactly. Um, oh, it definitely does. Yeah. It's just like the anxiety approaching a roundabout. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Guess what? <laughs> Fewer crashes, they work better. I mean, yes, there are some issues in Perdido, don't get me wrong. But I'm just, you know, yeah, it, it produces, just like having, you know, streetscapes that are narrowed, wiggly streets, less visual, all of the things that make traffic safer, nobody likes. Mm-hmm. But I don't love dead people either. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, that's, right? you know, yeah. fewer corpses for the Emmy's office. That's a good, that's a bonus. Yes. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Even though they do the traffic. New facility. I-10 eastbound just before Avalon Boulevard headed toward Pace and Milton. There's some debris in the roadway, uh, roadway reported there. So just uh, use caution if you're headed uh, just around the curve there, headed into uh, Milton uh, before you get to Avalon. Highway 98 in Gulf Breeze and Navarre, eastbound, westbound. Everything's looking good there. Highway 90. Uh, we just talked about uh, headed westbound, going through Pace on into the curve at Scenic and into Pensacola. No accidents reported. Highway 29 south through Cantonment is looking good. No slowdowns on Cervantes. Bayfront Parkway checks in without delays. Also, Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all looking good. If you see anything out there this morning slowing you down, let me know. Call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks, Jake. Uh, somebody asked a question, why is there legislation... Uh, 437-1620 if you want to text me. Uh, why is there legislation to remove traffic cameras? The the old argument against traffic cameras is that they make mistakes or they they, they punish people for um, uh, not actually violating the law when there may not be a human in between the camera and the person um, getting the ticket. You also have the argument, which is accurate, that you actually get an increase in smaller collisions, rear-end collisions typically, because of the anxiety produced by the red light camera that people break harder at yellows. And people aren't accustomed to that. Um, and that's the trade-off. I mean, that is the trade-off. You have fewer high-speed collisions and deadly collisions, and you have high, uh, f- more frequent uh, bump- fender benders. Again, that is a rational transaction. I don't know who would be upset about that. I mean, the person who gets the fender bender, it sucks for them. And they're not the person who would have had the fatality. I'm, right? Okay? That's true. But the person who avoided the fatality and don't know they avoided it, gets a massive benefit and somebody else loses a couple hundred bucks one way or the other for a fender better. That's the, that is the trade-off. No doubt. That is the, that is the trade-off. Uh, four, three, seven, 16, 20, somebody else texted and said, uh, my husband was hit while, uh, uh, while he was driving by a driver who ran a red light. I'm all for cameras. First of all, I'm so sorry, but these are the citizens that red light cameras are going to protect. Not a hundred percent, but some, and some is enough for me. Because all the red light camera is doing is what a human could do if there were possible to do it with a human, and it's not possible to do it with a human. That's it. And we have a red light running problem in this town. Period. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Thousands of migrants are reportedly headed towards the U.S. They've entered southern Mexico. Later today, Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Homeland Security uh, Chief Alejandro Mayorkas will be heading to Mexico to meet with President Lopez Obrador. The State Department says they'll be talking about migration and border security challenges between the two nations. A Utah man has died after shooting himself at a gun range near Salt Lake City. Police were called to the range on Tuesday. Uh, Others at the gun range had attempted life-saving measures, but the man was pronounced dead. And two fishermen say it's a miracle they were able to find a man that was trapped for days in a pickup truck. The man had apparently crashed underneath a bridge in northwest Indiana. They were looking for somewhere to fish when they saw a wrecked truck under a bridge uh, that was going under an interstate. 
They noticed somebody trapped in that vehicle. The driver said he'd crashed there on Wednesday and been pinned to the seat ever since. Good Lord. Wow. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 7.30 here on News Radio 92.3. Somebody asked a question. A red light camera indicates a picture. Is it actually uh, a video? You know, that's a good question. I'll ask the mayor. I can't remember the answer to that question. Definitely a picture, uh, kind of before, during, and after, like a series of pictures. I thought there was maybe going to be a video element available. I mean, they're not mailing you an MP4, uh, but I thought that might be true. So I'll ask the mayor about that coming up next. News. I'm Gianna Gelosi. Top officials of the Biden administration are heading down to Mexico to meet with President Obrador as a caravan of thousands of migrants marches towards the southern border. This while talks on border policy restart in Washington. The House has been pretty clear. Our position is H.R. 2, which we passed back in the spring. It will secure the border. It will toughen border security measures. And I think that's where ultimately I hope uh, that this, this that this lands. A South Carolina Congressman Russell Fry, family members say the body of 18 year old Savannah Soto and that of her boyfriend have been found in a car in San Antonio. The teen was nine months pregnant and went missing a week past her due date. Soto disappeared before she was scheduled to be induced. According to our affiliate, Soto's boyfriend, Matthew Guerra, was on a probation for assaulting her last Christmas, 2022. David is listening to Fox News. Good morning, 731 at News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. Right now, 48 degrees. It is mostly cloudy in Pensacola this morning. A federal judge in Alabama has turned down a request from the U.S. Justice Department to pause a lawsuit challenging the state's gender affirming care laws. In a decision handed down this week, U.S. District Judge Lyles Burke refused to place the case on hold while it makes its way through a series of appellate court procedures. The law passed the Alabama House back in April. It would criminalize gender-affirming health care for transgender youth under the age of 18. The man now convicted in the murder of 18-year-old Brooklyn Sims at a local Home Depot store has filed an appeal to his conviction. According to North Escambia, an attorney representing 20-year-old Keith G filed that appeal after his conviction at trial last week. During the trial, G confessed to shooting Sims after believing she'd given him an STD, which prosecutors later revealed she did not have. The basis for the appeal was not mentioned in the filing. Some confusion this week at the waterfront shelter led to one man saying he wasn't able to get his Christmas meal. It all happened when Wayne Bell and his dog tried to get in on Monday. Uh, Bell had his dog Dexie with him. He tells Channel 3 what happened. I walked up there with Dexie on the leash and um, went up there and uh, I was immediately confronted before I walked in the door and I was like, oh, he's a, he's, a, he's a service dog and I immediately showed her my tag. Bell says the dog helps with his diabetes. However, Dexy is not certified or officially trained as a service dog. Waterfront says for security reasons, they can't let pets in unless it's an emergency because of cold weather. It's 30 degrees outside and they say, hey, I, I need to get inside. We're worried about that person. If they say, hey, I, I have a dog, too, it's, 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 it's a pet. What we will do is we'll then try and find a place inside for that animal. Mark Isbell with Waterfront tells Channel 3 when the temps drop down, as they're expected to later this week, folks can bring pets if they need to, but he encourages them to bring either a kennel or a pet carrier to keep them in. 
State authorities have now charged a brat man with a prior felony conviction for hunting with a rifle. 61-year-old David Clemens was arrested recently after an Escambia County deputy saw the man take a rifle out of a vehicle and walk into the woods along Highway 4 near C.W. Caraway Road. FWC officers later caught up with Clemens and determined he had an active domestic violence injunction. Clemens also faces drug charges for possession of marijuana. He remains in the Escambia County Jail with no bond. Well, there's a new poll out that could be concerning for Governor Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign. The Rasmussen poll released yesterday shows the governor is now tied for third in the Republican presidential primary. Donald Trump still leads at 51 percent. Nikki Haley now at second with 13 percent. DeSantis and Chris Christie tied for third at 9 percent. The report shows 16 percent of voters are still undecided. And there's a new chapter in the legal battle between Disney and Governor DeSantis. Disney is suing the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. That's, of course, the board that the governor and state lawmakers set up this year to replace the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Disney's accusing the board of breaking state law by withholding documents they'd asked for. Disney wants to see communication records between board members. 735 at News Radio, and let's get a look at our traffic on the fives. We're looking great out there this morning. No accidents reported by FDOT and uh, don't see any slowdowns or hassles on the roadways on my maps here. If you're headed down um, Highway 90 through Milton going into Pace and on around the curve to Scenic, you're looking good there. No accidents reported. Um, eastbound on I-10, though, uh, just before you get to Avalon Boulevard and getting into Milton and Pace there, uh, we do have some debris in the roadway reported there on I-10 eastbound uh, before that intersection with Avalon Boulevard. Otherwise, though, Highway uh, 29 out of uh, Cantonment South there, getting into town, you're looking good. All the side streets are looking well. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Looks like Chase Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. Longleaf Drive, Mobile Highway is looking good. No slowdowns on Cervantes and Bayfront Parkway. Checks in without delays this morning. If you see anything out there slowing you down, call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. This is Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. We are going to be seeing another cloudy day today with temperatures warming up near 62 degrees in the afternoon. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 42 degrees. For Thursday, mostly sunny skies, high near 53. Thursday night, temperatures dropping near 37. Cooler weather continues into Friday with sunny skies, high near 54, and lows Friday night near 38. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. Right now, we've got 48 degrees in Pensacola, 47 in Gulf Breeze, 45 in Milton. Our next news at 8 o'clock, breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. A Tesla software engineer suffered serious injuries when he was attacked by a malfunctioning robot at the electric car maker's factory in Texas. The robot, which was designed to move aluminum car parts, pinned the engineer and sank its metal claws into his back and arm, leaving a trail of blood along the floor. The injury was not severe enough to require the employee to take time off work. Would you pay $6,000 a year to find love? Tinder announced a new invite-only membership being offered to less than 1% of its users called Tinder Select. Accepted applicants will unlock exclusive perks like early access to new features, the ability to hide advertisements, and direct messaging capabilities to people without matching for up to two times per week. The only catch? The membership costs nearly $500 per month. Applicants are currently being accepted. Futures are little changed. That's your money now. 
The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like CMAX Materials, GE Wind Energy, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. The Queen Sleep Number C2 Smart Bed is now only $9.90 for a limited time. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Are you ready for a triple dose of wit, insight, and laughter? Tune in to News Radio Pensacola for the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show from 11 to 2. Your daily dose of engaging conversation and hilarious banter. Join Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins as they tackle the biggest news stories, pop culture moments, and everything in between. They'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud from start to finish. Don't miss a minute of the fun. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show, 11 till 2 on News Radio Pensacola. Resolution of the City Council of the City of Pensacola, Florida, ratifying the City of Pensacola as an establishment of equal employment opportunity. A resolution of the City Council of the City of Pensacola, Florida, Florida, ratifying the City of Pensacola as a Title VI establishment. A resolution of the City Council of the City of Pensacola, Florida, ratifying the City of Pensacola as an establishment of affirmative action. See that D.C. Reeves, he gets into office and he does everything totally different. He makes us a completely different... (laughs) I, I, I so love when the mayor explained why these things were happening because I knew in his head he was anticipating what other people might be hearing like what in tarnation's going on here and I'm going to give him a chance to explain it because I thought he did a good job explaining it. I know he'll do it better than I would uh DC Rees welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News um good to have you sir Merry Christmas Happy New Year Yes, yeah, same to you. Thanks for having me. So, equal opportunity, uh Title 6 and affirmative action um not really massive changes to the way the city does business, but still important things to do officially because uh, because of grant money, um, and that's why. But the it, yeah, exactly like you said. I didn't want someone coming in waxing philosophical, saying that we're trying to change a bunch of things that the city, how the city government operates in a December meeting. Um, this is these are all things. Actually, you said it doesn't change much. It doesn't change anything of what we're doing at the city uh, at all. Uh, it's just a matter of it's got to be documented, uh, memorialized in some way, uh, in terms of applying for state and federal grants, and so. Uh, that's why, again, nothing wrong with it. It just, if people are like, well, yeah, why is it that a left field that we're talking about all these philosophical um, type things? Uh, that is why. Uh, that was the genesis behind it. And that, you know, it's so funny because it's like you were talking to me. I heard the first, or I read the first one. I'm like, huh? And the second one, I'm like, what now? 
<laughs> so, right. But but look, these are check boxes in order to make us eligible for certain grants. And um, you Correct. do have kind of a track record in your administration of being able to pick up a couple of bucks from grants. So um, the, the, only, the one I did want to ask about, though, is how – okay, so – I get that doing this might make the checkbox essentially possible, but if it's not doing anything substantial in how we operate, like for the affirmative action one, do they not care that it doesn't change anything? Was it not enough before? What's the need to have the extra little official thing? I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure other than, um, you know, we've got amazing people that, as you said, have a <laughs> an incredible track record, $72 million. Uh, front to back in nine months or so. Yeah, but what have now, you done for me lately? Um, I mean, come on, what have you done for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I honestly, I defer to the experts that have been so successful that just say, hey, you know, even if it's something that we do uh, already, that's already in HR policy or whatever. Um, these are just things that need to be documented. So uh, I don't really know, honestly, much more than that. Uh, but you know, I had this, I I asked the same questions you asked when when the first time I saw the agenda. And so. Um, you know, that's that's the explanation for it. Fair enough. I, and by the way, speaking of grants, uh, Jared Moore kind of had the suggestion, not suggestion, line of the night the other day, I think. Councilman Moore? Yeah, I was kind of in the same place, like $26 million. We can't just, if we get to the place, we just flippantly uh, motion second and breeze by that. Like, that's that would be a great place to be, right? So I guess it's probably inappropriate to do a conga line around the chambers, but you know, maybe just a quick kudos uh on that good work. I'm just saying when you when you score a grant for twenty six million dollars for the Hollis T. Williams Stormwater Project and you actually ratify it, I don't mind a conga line. That's an appropriate time for a a, 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 um, a city council conga line. Well, and look, I mean, it was a long meeting and the Grinch wasn't there. Uh, this December, I know so that we was weird time, too. You know, we could have had a time budgeted, so uh, I guess we could have busted that out. But I just, I do, I, I just want to make sure people have heard this that. Uh, you said seventy-two, $72 million in grants in the first year. Um, and, you know, I know you would not claim that you did any of that, but you did create the department that is doing this, and that's the difference between having a department devoted to securing grants, right? Yeah, well, and, and look, you know, it wasn't that we weren't getting grants before. I mean, we were, but the thing I'm most proud of is $72 million plus the urgency we have, you know, right, because – the idea was to free up all of these department directors that have a million things going on and not to stop them in their tracks to go to apply for a grant, which isn't their expertise necessarily in, right. in, in some departments. You know, they're, they're, they're operators. They're not, I mean, I don't, I'm, it's not my expertise. I know that. I don't, I'm not a, I used to be a writer, but I'm not a grant writer. Uh, so um, why don't we get someone waking up every day, focus on that, and then we get to let our department directors wake up every day and be, get a little more urgent in their departments. And so I think it's the combination of that, the 72 million plus just as many irons in the fire that we've got right now, I think is what I'm really proud of is that combination. Yeah, look, I mean, it, this is one of those things where I, I really appreciate that you have done this. The, you know, Santa Rosa County has some fantab- fantastic grant writers. The city of Milton has at least one, I know, very, very good grant writer. And um, Escambia County still hasn't come along. They, they don't have a, you know, they are looking at it more of the department heads just handle this stuff. And I, you know, I wish we would go this way because I think it works so effectively. And, we, you know, we'd be bringing in so much more money this way. Um, we're going to take just a real quick time out. We're talking to D.C. Reeves, the mayor of Pensacola. Let's get Jake in here with Traffic on the Fives. Jake? 
The only thing I'm seeing, I-10 eastbound just before Avalon Boulevard headed toward Pace and Milton this morning. There is some debris in the roadway being reported there, so just use caution going through that area. Otherwise, all of our highways and side streets are at posted speeds. If you see anything out there slowing you down this morning, call or text me on our traffic tip line, 437-1620. This is News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to Mayor D.C. Reeves. Uh, just a couple of like kind of housekeeping notes that are going to matter to people. One is that the new app goes live on January 1st. The old app will still be alive for a while. Is that right, for the parking? That's correct. And as a matter of fact, you can go ahead and download it now. I believe, do not hold me to it, but I believe it is live uh, now. Uh, you could actually use it. So even though the, all the signage, may, new signage may not be up, this app is so, so much stronger than the previous uh, Blue Lot app the Park Pensacola one that you may have on your phone. It's so much better. It'll find right where you are and all that. But, but yes, both will, we, we want to make sure that we uh, take baby steps here, that we don't want anybody getting a ticket that used the old app. Um, so we, we really don't even, right now it's indefinite how long we'll keep the old one up as well. So if you pay on the new one, Park Mobile, please move to that. But if you forget or, or you know, your parents or your grandparents don't, don't know to download it and it takes them a couple months we're going to try to keep that open as well just to, to make this as seamless as possible but yeah, absolutely january 1st uh, we go to the new app and and i expect that your experience uh, which we know is the number one root of frustration it's not the 50 cents an hour it's the use of the app is it's the, the parking frustration so we wanted to nip that in the bud first and so anyway just make sure you and your friends and if you travel anywhere anywhere in florida really if you go to new orleans uh, anywhere you probably already have this app on your phone. It's called Park Mobile. It's a little green and white uh, P uh, app. So uh, just make sure you check your phone while you, when you get to the office. And um, that, yeah, that'd be great. And I know it'll be a, a, a definitely a, a better experience for you downtown. When when is the uh, parking changes stuff going to come back to City Council? The stuff that you and I have talked about extensively. When is that supposed to be on the schedule? <laughs> um, it, it's going to be. It's not going to be in January. Probably not even in February. Um, that, and a lot of it's because we want to sequence this right. We, you know, we, we, I know we will not make 100% of people happy. No decision we do uh, ever does. But, um, but what I think we, what we want to do is let's get familiarity with the app. Because, again, what did we do? We took the data that we have from the Haas Center that said the number one complaint is, is the experience. It's not the cost, the experience. So let's fix experience first uh, before we get into policy and are we charging in these spaces or is it a dollar or 50 cents? Um, let's get all comfortable with the thing that, that hurts us the most, and then we can you know, start to phase those things in. So, um, so we don't have an exact timeline, but I would, I would say March at the earliest and uh, probably more like April, just okay. depending on how, how everything migrates. Were you surprised that there wasn't any public discussion of the red light cameras ordinance first reading or the uh safety what i'm calling panhandling but i know you're the public safety ordinance like in both of those cases you had like one question from the council and just nothing you you, you talked about the the 150 foot for like an hour and then there was no conversation at all about these other right. two. Was that surprising to you yeah it was it was well, not so much on the red light cameras because you know me and you've joked about this many times i mean it's kind of hard to argue you may not like them but it's kind of hard to argue against them i mean because what are you saying that you, you want to be able to run a red light i mean that makes us a better community right. so it's kind of a hard argument to make uh, on the red light but uh yeah on the, on the public safety one you know we of course expected some but but i'll tell you you know as someone again i, I remind you you know I, i've i've grown up uh, in my family around uh, folks who help the homeless in this community. Yep. And one thing that m about 99% of us agree on is that panhandling does not help uh, 
does not help homeless. Uh, I mean, that's not the same thing. Uh, whether you're the biggest homeless advocate uh, or or you're anti, um, it just doesn't. You know, panhandling becomes an issue. What we're talking about here is safety. You know, and that's that's for a panhandler. That's for D.C. Reed's daughter. That's for Andrew McKay. That's for everybody that that should not be hanging out in a street. And so. Um, I, honestly, I've noticed in the last five, six years, this is coming from a business owner and, again, with my own family background, you know, there, I think there's been a little more of a shift now to understand, to start to understand the line in the sand between these two groups, people who really need help and people who are, you know, making $100, $150, $200 a day uh, on the street corner. So, um, you know, I, I think we're seeing that, and that maybe perhaps that's an indicator of it, um, that people understand that, that this is a – um, maybe it's not as sensitive a subject as it was before, but, but again, at the end of the day, this is, it, it, you're, these are two things about safety and right. it's kind of hard to argue that we shouldn't be doing them. I will say on the roads or we should let people run red lights. Yeah, no, absolutely. And in fact, I was actually a bit disappointed because I thought Jen Brer brought up a great question, which was, well, can we not do something to regulate the giver? You know, they're the driver is half the problem. If nobody gave, there'd be no panhandlers, obviously. Uh, and then, you know, got told by, uh, you know, the, uh, the temporary attorney that, you know, uh, well, you know, that's state regulation of those things. We can't touch that. Okay, bummer. <laughs> you know, we can't do that, right. which maybe would right. be smarter. Hey, um, one of the thing I w- did want to ask you briefly about is uh, the Malcolm Young gym. Interesting conversation. You kind of made this as a note right at the end of the meeting. And the way I heard it was it's going to be $100,000 to even do the inspection, but it's going to be $100,000 just to make the building safe enough to even do the inspection. Meanwhile, fifty grand to demolish it. Do I basically have that right? Yeah, that's right. And yeah, so forty nine. We have a quote that'll end up expiring with this delay, so we'll probably have to bid it again by the time we will be ready. But, um, but yeah, it's a two hundred thousand dollars expense to just further assess what. And again, this is this is one guy's opinion after speaking to our initial assessment person, um, which we did between this last CRA meeting and this council meeting you're speaking of. And um, you know, we have a pretty good sense of the state of the building. And, and, you know, I think it's a pretty good indicator if you have to spend a hundred thousand dollars to allow a human being to enter, that we're probably not in a very cost efficient way of saving this thing. Um, but uh, they had, I had asked for clearance uh, from the CRA board to say, Hey, well, at least give me an opportunity to go do something if you guys are not going to vote for the demolition. And so they did that. Uh, but uh, to me, my conscience is not going to allow me to spend four times as much money as demolition would be to merely assess the building uh, without asking them again. Even though they had given me that clearance, it's just in my mind, you know, that, to me, it's bordering on, you know, almost irresponsible uh, to spend that amount of money. And uh, if that's what the CRA board wants, that's what we'll do. I'm just saying, but I, certainly I wouldn't do it if it was my money. Um, and so I want them to, I want us to be able to have that discussion because. They're probably unaware of that, right? I mean, it's a hundred thousand to assess and a hundred thousand to to structurally, you know, make it safe enough to go in. So, um, so we'll discuss it then, and uh, you know, and see what happens. And and then the next hurdle after that, it, let's say we still proceed with the two hundred. The next hurdle is the philosophical discussion, which I'll probably want to have a little in January too. Is okay. Well, let's assume on what is the number that say is it a million? Is it one point two million? I mean, what's the number that makes it worth keeping? And is that more important than housing? You know, I think that's the next question we have to ask ourselves. And is, is, is there's a philosophical uh, deadline that we have here uh, between CRA board and administration as well that that doesn't even that doesn't even factor into what you're talking about in terms of cost. So, and, so yeah, we'll, no, that's, goes, we'll bring it back to them and see what happens. And I, and I like that approach of figuring out in advance what's your threshold for for changing behavior because. 
Otherwise, you know, just waiting to find out, well, I don't feel good about that number. I mean, you know, if, if, if the council decides that, you know, hey, if the number's above 500,000 or if the number's above, at least you've got something to understand, you know, how close are you really to making a different decision? Then you can properly evaluate whether sinking $200,000 right. into that cost is financially, uh, you know, whether that makes any sense or not. Uh, we always like to end with a, uh, a quick round, bit of a frivolous topic a lot of times. Um, first one is, uh, do you have a must-watch Christmas movie? We're still in the spirit a little bit, so do you have a must-watch Christmas movie? Ooh. Um, well, mine's the Elf always, but yeah. uh, we watched the live Grinch like a hundred times, which I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm like, eh, you know, mediocre. On, but this, Fair this past season, I think we watched it a hundred times. This one depends on you knowing, and you may not know. Um, actually, the next two do. Do you like the new Pepsi logo? Ooh, no, I don't. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's relatively new. It came out in March, but it hasn't really been in cans until fairly recently. So uh, it's they put the lo- the script. Well, I guess my answer is no. Then okay, <laughs> you don't you you don't like it because you haven't had a chance to see it yet. That's fair. Uh, and then the last it. one well, is then, yeah, Brandon. And this is just a little bit of it. You might not, might not know, but there's a thing called smooth scrolling or motion scrolling that when you're watching your TV, it has they call it the soap opera effect. Uh, it's your TV filling yeah. in the frames to make it look what they say is more authentic. Do you like that effect or not like that effect? Uh, I t- actually kind of like that effect. I mean, uh, you know, I know this is not what you're talking about, but I always think about like the extreme example of like the office uh, camera work, you know, that right. uh, makes it seem more authentic. I know it's not that, but I'm just, uh, but no, I like it. I li- you know, I think that's good. I know, yeah, I know more challenges about. to our friendship. Okay, fair enough, though. You know, that's fine. That's why, you know, we like to ask because a difference of opinion makes a lot of, a lot of flowers in God's what garden. Like, that's the way I like to like, look at it. Uh, what, millimeter, what millimeter of film do you like? <laughs> <laughs> DC Reeves, the mayor of Pensacola, sir, as always, a pleasure. Uh, thanks for the time. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week in the new year. All right. Thank you, sir. 755 News Radio 92 through four break here. Let's get uh, Jake in here with traffic on the fives. Okay. Watching a couple things here this morning. I 10 eastbound just before Avalon Boulevard, headed toward Pace and Milton. Uh, vehicle crash there has left debris in the roadway. Also, a call in from our traffic tip line. Thank you very much. Uh, North Davis, where it meets up with Nine Mile Road eastbound before Scenic Highway. There is an accident with roadblock there as well. Otherwise, around town, we're looking good. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is checking in clear. Chase Street. Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all without delays. No slowdowns on Cervantes and Bayfront Parkway checks in with no accidents. This traffic report is brought to you by Executive Landscaping, celebrating 40 years in business on the Gulf Coast. Call us today for all your commercial and premium landscaping needs. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you want to let me know. 437-1620. Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. You're listening to News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Naval Air Station Pensacola has a significant economic impact in our area. It employs more than 16,000 military and 7,400 civilian personnel and the headquarters for Naval Education Training Command, a command which combines direction and control of all Navy education and training. There's a lot more you can know by tuning in Monday morning at 9 and hear what's happening at NAS Pensacola on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Secret offers, guaranteed returns, over the top promises that you too can make fast money. These are all red flags that you should be wary of when looking at investment opportunities. Visit Florida's Office of Financial Regulation website 24 7 to learn what questions to ask before you invest. Remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Visit flofr.gov to learn more. This message is sponsored by the Florida Office of Financial Regulation, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. 
join Stefan Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College for Boat Smart on the Pensacola Expert Panel this Friday at 10 a.m. Key Marine sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. Have a boating question for Stefan? Then give us a call at 437-1620. It's a dream team, so join them this Friday at 10 a.m. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. News Radio 923 gets you live programming every day from 5 a.m. until 7 p.m. on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Oh man, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot to ask him about the video question. I'll ask Mike Wood tomorrow about that, and I've texted the mayor, uh, so I apologize for failing in that regard. Uh, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our uh, headlines. David? Israel's expanding its ground invasion uh, into refugee camps now in the central part of Gaza. Israel is grinding ahead with a war it says will last many more months. Inside the Gaza Strip, the heavy fighting continued overnight. Israel saying it hit more than 100 sites on Tuesday. And that is NBC's uh, Josh Letterman. He says Israeli forces are calling that region a new battle zone. And uh, that comes amid reports of a communications blackout impacting most of the Gaza Strip. All right. Thanks so much, David. If you are thinking about buying or selling a home, Christina Leavenworth is a great resource. And I mean, like, maybe you've been thinking about adding a rental or moving from renting into owning, like, for the new year. Call her and ask her her questions and really make an adult decision based on good information that you get from her and her folks at Levin Rinky Realty. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth, a great resource whether you're buying or selling. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.